Are your thoughts full of shame, worry, and anxiety because you think you should be able to always eat the right kinds of food? Do you feel good for eating foods you consider good and bad for eating foods you consider bad? If you answered yes to any of those, it's possible that you have the food police in your psyche and you may not even know it. So in this episode, we're going to talk about how you can recognize the food police and how you can silence the food police so that your inner intuitive eater starts to shine through. Stick around. Welcome to the Thriving Mom Podcast, where we invite mothers and mothers at heart to think outside the conventional beliefs about motherhood, nutrition, and raising healthy kids. I'm your host, Uime Oguta, recovering perfectionist and non-diet nutrition counselor on a mission to help smart women like you find food and body freedom through intuitive eating, self-care, and mindful practices that will leave you kicking balance to the curb, stop surviving, and start thriving in the beautiful chaos that is motherhood. Are you ready, mama? Let's journey together. Well, hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Thriving Mom Podcast. It's week three of our five-part intuitive eating series, and I'm so excited to be diving into intuitive eating principle four, which is all about challenging the food police. Now, before we dive into the episode, I want to tell you about a resource that I created just for you. It's called the Food Freedom Guide, and you can get it at oliveandbliss.ca slash foodfreedom. This guide walks you through three simple strategies that would help you get started with building trust with your body so that your intuitive eating journey is a lot less scary. I know this is an area that a lot of us struggle with and we're not even sure where to be paying attention to. This guide will help you know exactly what to do and how to do it. I promise it'll make such a difference in the way you approach food. So once again, grab that at oliveandbliss.ca slash foodfreedom. I'll also include a link in the show notes. All right, on to the food police. <laughs> I'll say for me, this is one of those intuitive eating principles that you start off thinking, hmm, how hard can it be to recognize the food police? But then you start to realize things that don't seem to make sense <laughs> until they start to make sense. And I'm laughing because I'm thinking of all the stories and experiences that I've had with my clients and even myself. And I'm going to share them through this episode But I want to start off by talking about how the food police typically starts out. Typically, what I've seen is that this voice starts out in your childhood or in early adolescent years when, you know, you're developing that sense of self. It could be a teacher that said something. It could be your friend. It could be a parent. Typically, it's someone that you hold really dear to you and whose opinion matters, whether you agree with them or not. And this voice whatever they said becomes a story (laughs) in your head and over time it becomes entangled with who you are so then you come to believe it as a fact and you think that it is your thought this can also come from what you listen to and follow so for a lot of us who are really enthusiastic about healthy living we might be following a lot of information that has to do with what kinds of foods you should be eating what you should be looking like and things like that And you don't realize that it is something that has become ingrained in you. So you think it's the truth and you believe that it's your voice. For me, I know a big one was the 6 p.m. and eating after 6 p.m. Frankly, I didn't even know where that came from until I worked with my coach. I had struggled with this, 
you know, I tried to get over it. I was eating regularly and even after six o'clock. But what I struggled with was I couldn't get rid of that guilt. I just didn't know what to do. And I didn't know that the thought of eating after 6 p.m. was actually connected to that guilt until I worked with my coach. So how this showed up for me was that when I started working out because I had issues with my back and I really needed some strengthening exercises, I would go to work out after six because that was after work and it was convenient for me. But I would feel really hungry and I would refuse to eat. And then I worked through that. I started eating after six and I still struggled because I felt guilty every time I ate. It was actually when my coach and I started peeling off the layers that I realized that this voice came from my nutrition professor. I had this professor when I was in my first year of university and I remember very clearly that was like the basic nutrition course that every person who decides to test out nutrition in university probably has taken this course. And the thing was I really admired this lady and although she never drilled it into my head, I somehow saw her as the perfect woman. You know, she had it all. She looked the part. It looked like she had it all figured out. So I aspired to be her. And when she had said this thing, I took this as a rule and made it mine without even recognizing it. And that's why the first step I want to talk about when it comes to challenging the food police is about building awareness. And this is all about just consciously thinking about the beliefs that you have about food and body. Some of them may be more obvious, like things like you have to be thin to find love, eating carbs is bad, others not so obvious. So they may be things like breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Homemade food is better than packaged food, which I got a story for you on that one. Dessert should only be eaten after a meal, preferably at dinner time. These are things that have come through either our cultural upbringing, our engagements with other people, the adults in our lives, our caregivers, that we don't realize how much we've internalized these rules. And then when we grow up as adults, we start to apply them. And for moms who have children, which is typically the clientele that I serve, this is when they start to struggle because these rules that they've believed for years as truth start becoming difficult when they have their own kids. So they find that they're struggling a lot when it comes to feeding the children. They're having really hard times during meal times because the kids are fighting back and pushing back and they really don't understand why. So it's really important that you start by noticing these beliefs and just write them down. Don't do anything. Just like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Whenever you have that rule, think about it. Write it down and see how often you think about them throughout the day. See how many thoughts or how many beliefs are showing up for you. I recommend doing this maybe over three days or a week just because they tend to show up periodically and you want to make sure that you're actually paying attention to see, okay, what is always coming up for me? So it's not just one day thing. Try and look at it over a few days, over a week would be helpful. Now, once you have an idea, start to ask yourself whether those thoughts about food are true or perhaps they're cognitive distortions. And cognitive distortions are just these strong statements in our minds that are based on false beliefs. So if you have a false belief that homemade food is good and store-bought food is bad, then you might think, I only deserve to eat food if it's homemade. And this will drive how you engage with food 
especially when you get store-bought foods that you buy. Really important to pay attention because you might find that because you think this way, you might feel guilty every time you buy food that's not homemade. You might judge other people who don't eat a lot of homemade food. You might even avoid social occasions where homemade food may not be served. And when you get around to making the food at home, you'll probably eat it a lot, maybe uncontrollably because you think I deserve to eat as much as I want because it's homemade. Another way you might respond, which is what I find quite funny, is you might actually rush through the store-bought food, almost like you're trying not to get caught while eating it. (laughs) I know some of you know what I'm talking about, right? My clients have experienced this, and I used to be this person too, where it's like, you don't want anyone to know, so whenever you eat it, you just do it like really quickly. And if you were to come out of your body and watch yourself, I think it would be pretty comical, actually. (laughs) So if this doesn't sound familiar, or maybe it does just a little bit, I would invite you to start paying attention because now that I've said it, you might notice it. So just be aware. No judgment, just, okay, this is what's happening. All right, then. Next, you want to explore where those thoughts are coming from. So you've identified them. You're just wondering if they're cognitive distortions or not. Get curious about them. Now, when I say this, you may think that you need to ask yourself why, but that would be a big mistake. And I'll tell you why. Your brain will always give you all the reasons that may make sense in that moment. But you need to realize that your brain's job is to keep you safe. And that means there are times when your brain will actually pass off lies as truth, especially when you're not paying attention and you're not really clear on how this works. And this is typically where it's helpful to work with a coach or an intuitive eating counselor to help you work through this process so that you can really get clear on what's actually true, what's a fact from something that's just a thought or a belief that you've come to take as yours. And when you're able to separate those two, that's when you start to create the change that you're seeking. So rather than ask yourself why, you can say something like, hmm, I wonder why I keep thinking that then put the thought in there. So if we use our homemade (laughs) food as an example, we could say, I wonder why I keep thinking that homemade food is better than store-bought food. Now your brain might tell you because it's true. And if you're paying attention to a lot of science-y, I'm using science-y in quotes, information, you'll come to think, oh yeah, it's true because that's what science says. But is it really true? Because there's room for argument here. And it's not always true. There's so many factors that impact people's buying decision when it comes to store-bought food versus homemade. So universally, homemade isn't always better than store-bought food. So now when you think about that critically, you want to dig deeper and say, okay, what exactly is the reason here? If it's not universally true, why do I believe this? Why do I take it as mine? And for me, I'll use myself as an example because I grew up seeing my mom always make homemade meals. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. But the thing is, I created a story that I should always make homemade meals and that's what good moms do. And I know there's some of you who can relate to this. If that's your thought, that's totally fine. If you believe it and you pretty much have no issue with it, go ahead and do you. But for me, when I became a mom, the thing was I didn't have the same support that my mom had when I was growing up in Nigeria. 
So it was really tough for me to try and figure out how to make homemade meals after working for seven, eight hours a day, running around with my kids, going to activities and still coming home to make homemade meals. So it was a struggle. And every time I bought something that was store made, I would feel really guilty about it. Of course, that didn't make for a good evening. And that just really, really made me feel crappy as a parent. So it's really important to explore those thoughts. Like I said, once you start to realize these things, they don't make sense until they start to make sense. (laughs) You realize how ridiculous the thought is. Then you can decide, do you want to stick with it or not? And if you need another question, you can ask yourself, how do I feel when I think this way? So using our example, when you think about homemade food, when your thought is homemade food is always better than store-bought food, how does that make you feel when you believe that thought? And how do you feel when you're not able to do the homemade food? I just shared my example because to me, whenever I broke that rule, I felt guilty. I felt like a bad parent. And some of my clients have experienced this. But when we're talking about feelings, I really want us to dig deeper So my clients will say, oh, I feel bad. And I'm like, what does bad mean? Because bad is not a feeling. Bad is a word that we're using to describe the uncomfortable feeling that we're having. So what, what is that feeling that's making you feel bad? That's what you need to tune into. So it could be something like shame, disappointment. You might feel guilty. You might feel sad even. So if you learn this from your mom, you may feel disappointed in yourself. Maybe shame maybe guilt, or you might feel like you're ruining your kids. And that's not true. In my case, my guilt really made me start to think that I was a bad parent. And I know that was not true. And that's why my next point is all about exploring those feelings. When you have those feelings, what are the actions that you take when you feel that way? Ask yourself, when I act this way, is it serving me or not? If it's serving you, then you do you. But if it's not, then let's make a change. So for me, whenever I felt guilty, whenever I felt ashamed, when I felt like I was a bad parent, I was just frustrated with myself and I found that I was yelling more. I was really short-tempered, especially when the kids refused to eat. Like I would just blow things out of proportion. But then there were times when I just stuffed my feelings down. And of course, I would wait till they went to bed and I'd open up my fridge and bring out my brownie and eat some ice cream, and then I feel better. But as we all know, that's not really handling the problem. So again, really pay attention. Is your action serving you or is it not? And I want to say here that this step is really important because the mistake I see a lot of people make, and I've seen this in my clients too, is that we try to challenge the food police voice without understanding where it's really coming from. Then we feel stuck because that change seems challenging. This was the issue I had with eating after 6 p.m. It was like, I knew I wanted to change. I still ate after 6 p.m. I still felt guilty, but I just didn't know what to do. And the thing I want us to recognize is that the problem is not that you cannot do it. It's just you're not sure what direction to put your efforts. So it's like throwing spaghetti on the wall and hoping something sticks. So really important, observe those thoughts and beliefs, assess them critically, and then ask yourself, is this helpful for me or not? Now, once that's done, you want to move into the next step, which is about reframing the thought. 
And reframing your thoughts is all about asking yourself whether your thought is reasonable or not, then finding evidence to support or discount it. You know it's not supporting you, but how do you prove it? You use evidence. You can look into your pasts to try to find evidence of when those thoughts were unreasonable, or you can choose to believe a new thought so that you can start to create a different outcome that serves you. For example, you could ask yourself, do I really need to choose between homemade and packaged food? Or when has eating packaged foods hurt me? Or you could think about, aren't there times I've served packaged foods at home and we've all been fine? This is the one that helped me actually. So then you can start to reframe your thought and think, when I ate packaged foods in the past, I was fine. I can eat homemade and packaged food and be okay. I don't have to choose between the two. Or you could just think, it's okay to eat packaged food if I want. What I started doing was just thinking of all the times I served packaged foods. So for (laughs) a good example was chicken nuggets or chicken fingers with my kids. They actually preferred it to what I made at home. And let's face it, for me, it was so much relief just tossing those in the oven and not thinking twice about it. They ate it, I was not stressed, and it was fine. So for you, it could be either finding evidence from your past or you create a new outcome using your thoughts. Then see how that feels for you. If you feel calm about it, like, yes, I can do this, then it's possible and you can think on that thought. But if you feel constrained, maybe a little bit unsure or uncertain, it could be that you're yet to believe that new thought. So what you could do would be add a qualifier like, it's possible for me. So going back to one of the examples I used earlier, if you struggle with packaged foods, you could say when I ate packaged food in the past, I was fine. It's possible for me to eat packaged food and be okay. Now I want to say for my perfectionists here, you might find yourself wanting to do this perfectly, but I want you to recognize that that's just applying food rules again telling yourself that you have to get it right. So really pay attention and make sure that you're watching for those sneaky perfectionistic thoughts. Very important to pay attention to. One thing I want to say is that there are times when we can also become our own food police. And this again is very sneaky. So when we start the food freedom, we're doing intuitive eating and we're just feeling really good about ourselves. I want you to remind yourself that you don't need rules. So typically this happens Because you're still learning to trust yourself in the intuitive eating process. And that's okay. If you find yourself still wanting to apply rules, feeling uncomfortable with not having rules, I would invite you to go back through the process. Explore those thoughts. Critically assess them and see whether they're serving you or not. Think about where that thought is coming from. For instance, I had a client who struggled with homemade versus store-bought cookies. So they believed that Store-bought cookies were not good. You shouldn't have those. So they found every time they made homemade cookies, they would binge on them. And the thought was, I deserve to eat them because they're homemade. So they really struggled with this and had a hard time thinking that they could do without food rules. Even though they gave themselves permission to eat and they were doing the intuitive eating journey, it was through the process of working together and peeling back those layers. We kept asking questions that it became obvious And then the difference was like night and day. And binging on homemade cookies was not even a problem. Then they gave themselves permission to buy store-bought cookies. And they were fine. 
So we would often joke <laughs> about how much emotions were wrapped around just eating cookies. Now I know there's someone listening to this and you might find yourself in this place. I want to invite you to make sure that you're giving yourself compassion and grace. This is something that's very common. So don't feel bad. Don't feel negative about it. Just see it as an opportunity for you to grow. If you would like some support, by all means, set up a call and let's chat. Let's see how I can support you because you're not broken. Just because you have challenges, it doesn't mean anything about you. You can change and I would love to help you create a plan for that change. Even if we don't work together, you'll leave the consultation call with exactly what you need to do to support your journey. So oliveandbliss.ca slash thrive, that's where you'll find all the details. I'll include that in the show notes as well. Okay, my friends, <laughs> I hope this was helpful. It's a lot to unpack in this episode, but I want to remind you that food is meant to be enjoyed. You don't need rules. You don't need policing. And I'm always rooting for you because I know that you can do this. So have a lovely week ahead. And as always, keep thriving. Thank you.